Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fortress Comic News, episode 319. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my co-host here, Mike. What's Hi. going on today, Mike? Um, things and stuff, and uh, we have Mr. Richard Fairgray back on the show, returning guest. Uh, we've had so many returning guests now that we we used to be able to count them on our, like our hand and be like, okay, this this person is definitely the the most has been on the show the most, but. I I cannot certainly say that anymore, Chris, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I think either Colin or Travis Gibb still have. Yeah, it, Travis but, Gibb. Yeah, or Colin probably. But yeah, it's 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 heartwarming that people come back, especially people like um, Richard, who I really yeah. love and appreciate. So, and apparently, all these years, all we had to do was tweet and ask people if they want to be on the show. Who knew it was Holy that shit, easy, man? Uh, we had a tweet blow up this week that went, had like 15,000 views. And now, like, I don't know, the show will be booked for the next two years of how many people want to be on it. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, I mean, boo hoo for me, I guess. I know, like, right? Yeah, yeah. It happened on a holiday. So, like, if you're not in the States, uh, yeah. listen, it's Memorial Day weekend. So it's like a holiday week. Right. And like, I've been busy as shit from work and everything. Uh-huh. And then this is going. And so I felt so bad because I'm like, I got to get to every. I, yeah. Like, it's important to me that I answer everybody. Right. And I was doing that and it was just rough because it was days upon days of trying to talk to people. But yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I saw, I could like read your replies and I'm like, Oh yeah. He picked like the giant monster book and shit like, that. <laughs> like you know, I, I can see where his priorities were. Cause I was, I mean, I see the messages too. And I'm like, okay, we, hopefully we get this guy in the show, but um, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, I mean, we were, we were booked quite a a month or two out right but now it's like wow uh yeah people want to be on which is great so i guess yeah. we're, the show must go on as they say right love seeing right, it. kids the show must go on uh, uh speaking of shows that must go on there's one that has come to an end this week chris came uh, to an end a long time ago as far as i knew an end a long time ago when they had the super friends <laughs> i know you said this uh episode 13 of 13 the last episode of Pat's Flashbacks. Um, Rest in peace, Pat's, Pat's Flashbacks. R.I.P. Pat's Flashbacks. This is episode 13 of 13, the final episode of the entire Flash TV series, A New World Part 4. Um, let's do it just, justice. Uh, Barry appears back in 2023, back to the back to the present, and goes to see Iris at the hospital, who is still in labor, of course. Now a, speed, now a speedster, the avatar of negative speed force, Eddie Thon, Cobalt Blue, puts together the ultimate team of speedsters to bring down Team Flash. Reverse Flash, Zoom, Godspeed, and Savitar, or as they call themselves. Are you ready for this one? This is actually pretty fucking gold. The, the it, runs really fast crew? No, even better. The Legion of Zoom. <laughs> oh. Dude, that's okay. You I'm out. like <laughs> I'm out. I, somebody needs to call the cops on these writers. <laughs> I, you know what? I was all for the writer's strike, and then I heard Legion of Zoom, and now you're like, I guess <laughs> bring real writers back. These are jokes, people. Jokes. Yeah, we don't know enough about shit to really actually have a position on that. The Legion attacks Team Flash. The Legion of Zoom. That is. For those of you that don't know, and you aren't a big enough DC fan, if you're a big enough comic fan to be listening to the show, you should know that there's a there's a villain set from DC called the Legion of Doom. So that's why this is really funny to us. Um, the Legion of Zoom. Oh my god. 
the Legion attacks Team Flash, and there's an epic showdown between all the members. All of Flash, all of Team Flash defeats the foes, except for Barry, who's losing to Cobalt Blue. Jay Garrick shows up just in time to save Barry, steals Cobalt Blue's speed. Cobalt Blue retreats back to the negative speed force to recover. Barry follows Cobalt Blue into the negative speed force and refuses to fight him. Barry knows that the only way that they'll ever have peace is if they agree to have some coexistence. Cobalt Blue agrees and destroys the Blue Crystal. The next morning, baby Nora is born, and the Nora from 2049 is there to witness the birth. That's weird. Uh, Caitlin realizes her true purpose and decides to ascend as the Natural Order's protector. This returns her body back to Caitlin. It's Kihon. I don't, I don't remember that character ever happening. A week later, they have a party to celebrate Nora's birth. Joe proposes to Cecile. Wow. I This whole time, I thought Joe had already proposed to Cecile. I don't know who any of these people are. Joe and Cecile. Joe Joe West. Iris' dad. Anyways, Barry unleashes a lightning bolt, and the Speed Force chooses three new speedsters. Avery Ho, Max Mercury, and Jess Chambers. The end. Uh... I'm yeah. so glad this show's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's it, folks. They choose new speedsters. What are they going to do with that? Nobody actually knows. Um, but one other Flash fact for you. I bought my Flash tickets. <laughs> they went on sale. I have them for the Sunday, that weekend that comes out. So I will I will be able to talk about it on the show. Um, and I've been seeing some stuff drop about it. Uh, I, I, I've seen that. Well, I'm, I, there was some spoilers on the DC leaks subreddit. Yes, I go there. Yes, I like to leak stuff for myself. There was an article that came out too, and I did not read it. That's saying there's a lot. There's like a multiverse scene, obviously, and some great cameos are happening that they did not put in the test screenings because they didn't want the stuff to leak, um, which is probably for the best because I wouldn't want it spoiled for me either. But uh, says the guy who went to DC leaks. Yeah, it goes to DC leaks, but they they're still pretty good about what you want to leak for yourself. Uh, but I will say this. I'm very excited to see uh, the new Michael Keaton Batman movie. I really am excited for that movie. Uh, yeah. As am I like, I, I want this movie to be good. Mm-hmm. I really I, like, I, I say this all the time with any movie. I want it to be good, but this one really does have me excited for the first yeah. time. Uh, DC movie in a while. I feel like I say that a lot. Do I say that a lot? Yeah, this is probably the seventh time we've... I've heard you say that, and I just don't... I mean, I just go into low expectations. I think that's what happens is I'm like, this one is the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe I just need to stop saying that, but... Yeah, I I, I have a good feeling about this one. I really do. I, <laughs> you, uh, did yeah. you did it again, yeah. man. We're, we're fucked. All right, might as well, I might as well turn the tickets back. <laughs> yeah, just return them, because they're <laughs> useless now. <laughs> Thank you. Why do you got to go and ruin things for me? Um, when yeah. the Booster Gold movie comes out, don't worry. I'll be really excited for that one, oh, too. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, man. If anybody is not watching the video, Chris is drinking a Galactic Empire beer, which is pretty sick. Oh, yeah. This is a Galactic Empire Imperial Pilsner. That's awesome. I love a Pilsner, and I love Star Wars. That's really cool. Yeah, this is actually a, a brewery, um, like, one town over from me. Called what? Um, called uh reinvention brewing co they also make a scotch ale called scotchy scotch scotch that has um ron swanson on it yeah yeah ron burgundy 
No, Ron Swanson. Oh, it's Ron Swanson. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I was thinking, Um. oh, my God. I'm thinking Anchorman, but yeah. That is, that is a line from Anchorman. Yeah. But it yeah. has uh, Swanson on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. So I, I've never I been to them. that brewery. That that's a close. I I've been out that way several times. Never been to that brewery, but I love that can. I don't know how they got the Star Wars symbol on the can. Well, it's probably didn't... way like if this episode went viral, I'm sure they get a lawsuit immediately. But yeah, well, Disney, <laughs> Disney comes from for everybody in the end, right? Um, What's cool is the uh, facts oh, about the beer. Wow, yeah, it's yeah. The, it's the title crawl on the yeah. back of the beer can. Wow, that's fantastic. Cantastic. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, I'm done. Uh, Chris watched Ted Lasso first two seasons. What'd you think, man? Uh, I love it. Oh, yeah. I'm glad. Do you, I, you've watched it? Yeah, I'm on. The new episode came out last week. Yeah, they're on season three. I love it. Love the show. So I think the first season is. I like the first season the most because the first season is very lighthearted and like gets you into it. And it's mm-hmm. so, it has those great connections and there's so much to love about it. But yeah, while the second season to me isn't as good, I do love it in its own way because it hits themes that I feel are important, like mental health, anxiety. And it does it right. Yeah. And it really yeah. treats it right. Like mm-hmm. as somebody who's suffered from panic attacks, when he goes through a panic attack, like that's dead on. Yeah. Dead right. on. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to get into season three. Like I, this show is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. It's worth the price of mission to Apple TV. Apple TV is killing it. I'll say it. I'll say it right now. So, yeah. So I'm going to finish season. Well, is season, do, do they like drip feed their stuff? Yeah. So season three, uh, season finale, season three is next week. So there's like, I think nine episodes or 10 episodes out right now. Okay. So 11. we'll be getting two more. Yeah. Oh, I think one just came out this week. One more. Okay, one more. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'll start season three uh, probably like tonight or tomorrow. And then I still want to watch that Tetris movie. That was the real reason I got Apple TV. Oh, yeah. I still have to watch that too. Yeah. And uh, there's that show with uh, one of the guys from It's Always Sunny called Mythic Quest. I think. Oh, is that on there? I do want to watch that. Yeah. That's on my like to watch list and there's yeah. a few other things i saw in there i was like oh this is cool i'll, I'll mm-hmm. check this out but yeah there's like a harrison ford one where he's a therapist yeah with uh Shit. i forget the guy's name the guy from how i met your mother yeah mm-hmm. um yeah some good stuff on there yeah uh highly recommend even if you get it for a month just watch ted lasso or get ted the lasso, trial just somebody, watch ted lasso someone explained ted lasso to me is like a warm blanket when you're watching it it's just like a feel good like what i what i love i mean I don't want it to sound like second season's like not as good. It's just different. Yeah, for sure. And I love that the the second season builds upon like they create this character who seems like the the typical like happy go lucky everything's perfect guy. Yeah. And he's always like trying to cheer everybody up and everything. And you mm-hmm. see some of his struggles like in right. his divorce and everything. But in season 2 they they like tear him down. Yeah. And you kind of see him more as a human. And it takes away some of that fun-loving nature of it, right. but it builds something else on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly. a phenomenal show. Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorites. A uh, little bit of movie news. The cast of Captain America 4 continues to grow along with the news of who the villain will be. Both WWE star superstar Seth Rollins and star of Alita Battle Angel Rosa Salazar 
have joined the cast as members of the villainous team, the Serpent Society. Does that make you happy, Chris? It does. I guess Rosa is going to be Diamondback is the theory. Okay. Uh, the Serpent Society is fun. They're like, they're kind of like a goofy villain group. Mm-hmm. And they just, they're like, it's back from the days when Stan Lee's just like, everything needs to have a theme. Yeah, right. I don't even know if Stan came up with them. I'm not going to lie. But when Marvel said everything needs to have a theme, so they're like, mm-hmm. well, what if we had this villain group, but they're all like snakes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of goofy, but it's fun. And uh, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah. I, I really want the strike to be over with because I didn't even add to the news like all the other shows and yeah, movies that got postponed. Everything's, everything's postponed and delayed. And yeah. Uh, then I saw that I did see the thing about the Deadpool movie where I didn't know this. I'm only bringing this up because I did not know this. When there's a writer's strike happening, uh, Ryan Reynolds is not allowed to improv for the Deadpool movie. You have to stick to the script because imp- improv- improvisation, like during the scenes, is technically writing, like it's, on the fly. Yep, is yeah. uh, making adjustments to the script. Yeah, so I was like, "Damn, that's which sucks. is why you'll see some of these comedians get writer credits." Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I just I want it to be over. I, well, so I want it to be over with the correct way, but I want it to be over with because like all this stuff's being pushed. And it's all stuff that I really, really want to see happen. And mm-hmm. uh, this is one of them where I feel like they're kind of buying time uh, to really start filming it. Yeah. And uh, back to the Deadpool thing really quick. Mm-hmm. What people don't realize, they're all worried that like um, he can't like ad lib when he's when they're filming. Deadpool's in a mask, everybody. So they can film him in the mask and then they can come back later and add the audio. So everything will be okay. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like most of the time he's in a mask. I think it'll be fine. I mean, the bar is pretty low for those first two movies. Oh, boy. Uh, we're moving on. Chris never wants to talk about Deadpool, but it's all right. No, I, I mean, God, I do this every time, but I will watch Deadpool three. It's got Wolverine in it, bro. It's got Wolverine in it. It's connecting to, um, secret war somehow. Apparently it's in the MCU now. You're like, damn it. I really got to yeah. I got to come back for this one. I mean, I watched the other two. What's I mean, yeah, what's, I know what's going to happen? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. It could be good. You could like <laughs> it. The worst that could happen is you could like it. <laughs> it's a wise man once said, Mike, I doubt it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh man. Um, but I'm in a yeah. minority there. I know that. And as a wise man never said, we should interview Richard Fairgrey several times. <laughs> <laughs> the same year, but he's back, everybody. Just kidding. We love him. Uh, so let's jump to that interview with Richard, and we'll see you all on the other side. All right, everybody. We've got yet another very special returning guest this week. Everybody, welcome back to the show, Richard Fairgray. What's hey, going Richard. on, Richard? Oh, so good to be here. Oh, I love you to know, hear that. It's like coming home at this point. Is this my fifth <laughs> time? That's what we were wondering. It has yeah. to be fifth. Fifth or sixth? Definitely more. Like you've been a yeah. Fifth or I know. Sixth. I I know we did. I know we did Black Sand Beach. Yeah, oh yeah, that's where it all began. That yeah. right. That's the, so Black Sand Beach was the first one, and then the second one would would have been like. Uh I was still in LA for the second one, so it must have been like a Cardboardia or something. Did we talk about Cardboardia? I remember Cardboardia. Cardboardia. Yep. Yep. Fuck that book, we, by the way. Okay. <laughs> 
don't need to talk about it ever again. All right. And so then, then we, we definitely did Haunted Hill when it was first released online, and then we did Octopus. Yes. So yeah, this is yeah. this is the fifth one. Fifth, yeah, yeah. Because oh I remember it. I mean, you've you've we both been with each other for transitions in our life because I think the first interview you did with us, I was still living in Massachusetts, so it was over a few years ago now. Yeah, which, yeah. Well, it would have um, been it would have been like early COVID, right? Yeah, twenty nineteen, yep. I think. Yeah. Oh, really? That early? I think twenty. Wow. Yeah, early twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I'm sure it must have been. It must have been once COVID had hit. Wow. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember you won us over when you discussed your your possible side quest with the wizard on the streets of L.A. Okay, yeah, because um, so, that was two nights. No, that was the night before the first lockdown started. When that okay, happened. yeah, yeah. So I think it was during COVID, during yeah. you know, the beginnings of it. Oh yeah, and of course, and I was in my like weird like the the haunted house that I built for my yeah, wedding. Yeah, yes, yeah. the haunted house for wedding in Canada. So it was like a few months yeah. into COVID. This is not interesting yeah. for anyone. No, it's, it's great. It's great for the listeners. I just <laughs> wanted to say this is what we're going to become. Like you know, when we do this podcast again with you in another like 10, 15 years, we're going to become like the group of old people that are sitting in like McDonald's having coffee, just trying to remember the last time we met each other. Did you ever <laughs> see the episode of um, Millennium where it's just the four demons having donuts? No, no, because awesome. I have. That show is amazing, and not just because I want to fuck Lance Henriksen, but because hey, that's all right. They would do these like weird little side jaunts, you know, kind of like how the X Files had that vampire episode that everyone thinks is good, but they only think it's good because it's such a relief right after the Peacock episode. Yes, um, right, exactly. But but there's this this episode where it's just these four demons who meet for donuts and coffee once a month or whatever, and they're all telling stories about how, like, everyone sees them as human, but they're clearly demons. From memory, I think one of them is the grandfather from Everybody Loves Raymond, but I could be getting that wrong, because I might just be, like, superimposing different old men onto different actors at this point in my life in the way that I always remember the newscaster from Gremlins 2 being Grandpa Munster, even though he's definitely not. He's just a different sexy elderly vampire. But um, everyone sees them as humans, except each other. And so we, as the viewers get to see them in their demon form. And they're all telling stories about how Frank Black, Lance Henriksen's character saw them for who they really were. And they tell stories of like fun ways they've killed people and condemned them to hell. And how this one guy keeps noticing that they're demons. I love and that. And so we'll be like that, except we yeah. won't be naked or pissing in anyone's coffee maker. Yeah. Well, oh, no, no, sorry. I got that wrong. That's really embarrassing. It's that they, they're rude to the guy serving them coffee and he pisses in their coffee and they all enjoy that. Oh my god! What's the I name of the show? Millennium. It was a spinoff yeah. from the X Files. Really good. How have I never? Yeah, I've never watched. heard of this, so I've got it written down now. Yep, I'm a huge X Files fan. Once oh, I finish I Ted watched. Lasso, I will look o- look it up. Yeah, I can't amazing. get into Ted Lasso. Everyone tells me I should like it, and they're like, "But I don't like soccer." Yeah, neither or do I. I I yeah. I'm, I'm very staunchly an American who just can't stand soccer. It's like in, in our DNA at this point, but uh, All right. it's, it's All just right. a wonderful, beautiful show. And the fact we already talked about this on the show, but fuck it, everybody. I'm going to talk about it more. The fact <laughs> that they treated anxiety and depression in the second season, the way they did really warmed my heart as somebody who suffered very deeply from it for most of his life. Real talk. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, now I feel bad for shitting on it. Yeah, you should. You should, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm 
I've just good. like noticed on I don't know how like in frame it is, but I've noticed there's just like a casual hammer sitting behind me. Yeah, um, I, it's a hammer on a radio. Which is it a ham radio? Is that what that means? <laughs> is it a joke? I don't I don't know what you're going for, but I liked it. Remind me to stop. I think I have a sound effect for this, Mike. Yeah, let me see if Hold I got on. it right. All right. Wow, there you go. There you go. Very good. Very good. Um, what's nice is like I've actually been looking for that hammer for a few days. So this this interview has already helped me. Even if I get no backers from this whole thing, this interview has already helped me find my hammer. We found your hammer. That's all. That's what we're here for. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> just so you just so you don't have to. You just look behind you mm-hmm. at, at one point. It, it is a room full of mirrors, is what you told us. So I don't know how that hasn't happened, but you're, well, you're too busy the, looking at yourself. It's, the, it. the thing is, like I've got the like the cameras at a slightly higher angle, so it's getting down on the hammer. Whereas when I'm looking uh, at the mirror in front of me, the hammer is just like. Okay. I, can see the, I mean, the yellow handle kind of gets merged with the yellow wall. It was a whole thing. Okay. I have this new, uh, very good goof that I do. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got to, like, keep your pranks fresh when you're married. Yeah. Uh, and, like, frankly, so Ray was getting kind of bothered by my usual thing, which is because he's such a nice person. If I drop something, his instinct is to pick it up for me. So I drop okay. things behind myself when I need to fart. And he started getting like, <laughs> quite annoyed by, I call it crop dusting, which I think is a good approach to yeah. life. Oh, no. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So my new thing, my new thing is whenever, now that we can go to stores again, now that we live in, you know, the, 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 the world where people stopped uh, caring. Um, yep. Whenever we're in like a Walmart or whatever, I will go find a mirror and I'll be like, Ray, come look at this. This is amazing. Come here, come here, come here. And like, I'll like, like call for him until like, I will not stop doing that. Like that kid level. Like, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Until he'll like walk over and I'll be like, look at this. You, you got to see this. This thing's amazing. This thing's amazing. And as soon as he is in the mirror, I'll go, ah, oh, you ruined it. And then walk away. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird that I'm on my second marriage. I don't know. Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> there's two types of dicks in this world. So yeah. It, there's two types of dicks. Is that what yeah, you there's said? There's two Chris? types, Richard. There's there's dicks like yourself who's on a second marriage. There's dicks like me who is in his mid thirties and still hasn't gotten his first. Mm. <laughs> I will say that as someone who has at this point in my life slept with well over three thousand people, there are more than two types of dicks in the world. I was gonna say <laughs> we were probably talking to the expert on how many types of dicks. Let's say, uh, <laughs> bend to the left, bend to the uh, um <laughs> I will tell you I don't know if you'll be proud of me or what. I don't know if you'll feel anything from this. But when I went on my coworker trip, uh, while I was with some coworkers, I was on the West Coast for a little bit. I told them all about the sex clubs and how awesome they were. Oh, neat. Yeah, nobody believed me. And so here I was, like, on a work trip, Googling sex clubs, showing them, you know, hey, this is the real spots, and you can go if you want. And I don't think they were interested, but now they know. So I share the little bit of information. Mike's on an HR list now. Just Whatever they can find me, whatever. HR for a helpful resource. That's, yeah, that's, helpful that's, resource, exactly. Like, like <laughs> so if um, HR is calling me, where was this again? Okay, and thirty six eighty eight Beverly Boulevard, Slammer is where you want it. Yeah, if you want a nice and clean North Hollywood spa, um, yeah, much, much, much better. But you know, you know, who wants to rub elbows with those folks? Yeah, what the hell? So, so I, I don't know. This is actually an amazing transition to what I would love to talk to you about first. Yeah. Um, which is my first. No. Uh, <laughs> which was your last comic that we talked about last time you were on here. It was on Kickstarter, Octopus, mm-hmm. uh, which is in people's hands. People have read it. Myself, I read it and really enjoyed it. 
uh, I guess to start that conversation, like, have have you gotten any feedback from it? Have people been enjoying it? Have you gotten people you know, told a lot you of other feedback or you know yeah. what's going on with that book right now? Well, I've had I've had I haven't had anyone say they don't like it yet, which is nice. Um, so either people are being very polite, or it has a hundred percent hit rate so far. Mm. Um, We'll just go I, with that. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I'm going to assume. I, I sort of, I feel like I fucked up a little bit with like putting this next Kickstarter so soon because I was like, oh, everyone will have Octopus. They'll love me. They'll want to buy another book. What I forgot is that everyone actually is just like me, and we all buy things on Kickstarter. They arrive, we put them in a pile, and we get around to them at some point. And then when we see that that person has another Kickstarter, we go, yeah, but I already have one of their books, and I haven't read it yet, so I will wait. So. What I'm really hoping is that people will all read Octopus by by Tuesday, May 30th, and be like, shit, we need more of this Richard guy. And it's not going to be another memoir because actually people, a lot of people have been saying, you've got to write another memoir that was so good. I'm like, okay, but that was about some really bad shit that happened to me. So like, right, please yeah. stop wishing that for me. Let's let's just chill on the trauma. <laughs> trauma. I don't need that in my life right now. I, I, I'm going to, I've been kind of like sending the serial numbers off this story a little bit just because it's not really fair for me not to but um the book has ended one marriage wow okay um, a a woman came and bought the book for me at a convention and uh we talked for a few minutes and she got like very um like very emotional like just talking she got emotional about it and like hearing what was in the story and when i like by the time she bought the book she was like hugging it to her chest like it was like this precious child she needed to have and weirdly didn't buy the special edition, but whatever. Um, so she says, I'm going to read this tonight and I will tell you tomorrow what I think of it. And she thanked me and she shook my hand, which is really fucking just, it's, it's, it's sort of, it's like a real Mork from Orc moment. You know, like, I just don't know how humans do things. So I'm going to shake your hand to end a conversation. Um, but so she was like, she was, she was obviously affected by this, this, this interaction at least. So she comes back the next day. She's there like first thing in the morning, like two minutes into the convention opening. And she's still got the book with her. And she says, I read this last night. I was like, thank you for reminding me what you bought. Otherwise I would have had no idea. Like, come on. Anyway. So she said, I read this last night. And she says, you've, you've done, you've done so many things. And I, I haven't, I wanted to, but I haven't. And I always wanted to move to Australia. So, this morning, I bought a ticket to Australia, and on Wednesday, I'm going to fly to Australia. And tonight, I'm telling my husband that I'm leaving him. Oh my gosh! Holy shit! Can you can you put that on like the uh, collector's edition later, like as a quote? <laughs> you know, everybody is like, "Yeah, Grant Morrison, two thumbs up." It's like, lady from convention, I'm leaving him and going to Australia. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Holy shit. I mean, what do you say to that? Are you like, thanks? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, good. Australia's pretty good. Told her to <laughs> it's pretty that. good. Beware the spiders. Like, you know, I yeah. said, like, if you go to Perth, there's a lot of racism, but there's also an island filled with weird animals. So, you know, balance. There you go. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a really great zine maker there who does Marge Simpson erotica, and I can never remember her name, and I always feel terrible. So, you know, Australia's got good stuff. The popsicles, Pete's Icy Poles. Holy shit! Yeah. They're fucking amazing. I haven't heard about those. The night that I uh, the night that I stole the boat to try and kill myself, uh, when I when I got back, and the, this part's not an octopus, but I got when I got out of the boat, uh, I ended up getting in a fight with this homeless guy, um, 
which was not my fault, I maintain. Um, and it didn't, it, well, so what happened was like, understandable. I'm like, I'm like walking, um, like back from the river and I'm walking like toward the street and you have to kind of go underneath the train tracks. And this like homeless guy who's got like real, like 1930s hobo energy to him. Um, like comes and starts like asking me for money. I'm like, look, I've got nothing on me right now. And like my phone's dead. I've had like a bad time. I just tried to kill myself stealing a boat. I didn't tell him that part, but you know, right, right. I think I energy about me. And he, he, I made, I made like some, some joke. I can't remember what it was. And it wasn't even like against him. And he like, you know, took it badly. And he shoved me against a wall and he was like, we're fighting now. I'm like, no, we're not. And then he like smacked my head into the wall and I was like, okay, this sucks. I, I don't want to be here. And so I like, I ended up like realizing that I actually had like cash in my wallet because I'd been at the convention. You know, he'd ask for change. And like, it's Australia. So you have like decent sized coins there. It wasn't like I was, yeah. you know, cheaping out on a dollar bill. But so the one thing I know about Melbourne is that um, heroin's very cheap. Um, and so I gave him like 50 bucks and I was like, here, go, your, go buy yourself a lot of heroin. I'm going to leave. And so I walk away and I walk out into like what is now kind of the coming for at this point of the day, like a bit of a busy street. You know, I'm near a train station. It's early in the morning. And this guy chases me out from underneath the train tracks, like waving the $50 bill at me and yet, and saying, you take this back. I'm not into that. I'm like, I do not look like the hero of this story. Oh my God. Um, but so I needed to cheer myself up. I, I He kept the 50, by the way. Um, so I went and I went to a, a convenience store and I bought like 10 of the, I can't remember if it's Pete's or Peter's, but whatever. Peter's Icy Poles, the lemonade flavor. And in Australia, lemonade just means like Sprite. Um, and man, those things are good. They're, they're, they, they're the same. They're like a popsicle, but with a better texture. They're like a little bit softer, a little bit less sweet. Um, and they're identical to these, these uh, popsicles that I had when I was a kid called Polar Pops which I think really awakened a lot in me because the commercial for them was a cartoon polar bear licking this thing. And uh, yep. yeah. Sorry. And the best, was, no, the best foods are shaped like dicks too. That's what I was going to say that too. The popsicles. Uh, hot dogs, dogs. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, it's hard to be like a solid hoagie. I don't know. But what I want to get back to is when the, when the hobo <laughs> was saying we're fighting now, did you, you didn't want to like counter with like, I'm winning the fight now to get him to stop. <laughs> like, yes, you think like, a, like blue bottle with his typewriter. Like I can just say <laughs> what's going to happen. And yeah, you can say it. It's like, okay, yeah. He'll just leave you alone. Um, if you just yell fatality, they'll run away. Yeah. Fatality. <laughs> <laughs> Fireball. Um, that's, that's, I don't, I don't know what that is, but um, with that being said, octopus was well received. <laughs> yeah, people uh, yeah 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 I, I'll, I'll say i so i i read it and um i also read horror shorts which i also would love to ask you about that moving forward too but just wrote a sequel that answers my question there because i really i really like horror shorts and i i thought it was a cool little thing you did there and i would love to see more of it is what i was going to say but i read octopus and i'm obviously not the target audience for octopus but after reading it, really enjoyed it. I mean, down to just how you laid the book out, it almost feels like I'm reading as if you just sent me like photo scans of your your book. Like, hey, what do you think of this? 
that's how it mm-hmm. kind of was laid out. And I liked that because it, it looked like pages that were on a, on a artist board and everything. And the way it goes, I just fell in love with every page from your very sweet, tender moments with friends to these like very, I don't want to say extreme, but like intense moments in these clubs. That's something that like is outside of my realm of life. You've never had a sea captain and, stick three fingers up your ass? Um, not recently. It's been a few years. Uh, <laughs> I'm much more... Uh... I'll tell you, that's that's one big reaction to octopuses. Everyone remembers that panel where the sea captain yeah. says to me, let's see if you can still think about work when you have three of my fingers up your ass. And every every straight guy who, is, who has talked to me about this has been like, like whoa, that's a lot. Like that's such a that's such a huge thing, and I'm like, it's just that in real life it was four fingers, and I cut it down for the book. Like it's probably the biggest change I made <laughs> in the book from reality, and I really thought about it for a long time. So what's funny like, there, Richard, is I've only experienced this once where somebody stuck something in that crevice, and I remember immediately being like, oh, I do not like this. <laughs> not, like not for you. Not for you. That's all right. No, I think the thing that stuck out to me that I'd love to ask you about is uh, you have one sequence in there where you're a a young kid and the other kids find this like this porn magazine, you know, like the typical like we found it in the I think it was in the woods, right? Or was it in his his dad's bedroom drawer in his dad's bedroom? And then you go look for it in your dad's bedroom. And it's very graphic. Like in that that sequence is very explicit and graphic in what you show. And then the rest of the book, even when you're in sex clubs with other men, you tone it down a bit. Was that on purpose or that's kind of happened by accident? I think that like my interaction with the porn in that, like in that moment was, it felt like a moment of sexual aggression. Like, I think that like, you know, there's a lot of pornography out there that is incredibly Mm -hmm. aggressive and um, designed to be. Um, And though, like, those boys were horrible to me. Mm. Uh, and the, like, like the, I wanted, I wanted to really, like, capture the, like, that moment as being, like, this is about, these, these are people who are enjoying something for the sake of being graphic. This is mm-hmm. people who are enjoying um, the violence of porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, because the kind like like I'm very open about the sex I have, obviously, yeah. Um, and sex clubs, I think, get like viewed as being like really filthy and really perverted and what have you, and they are, and they can certainly be. But everything there is so incredibly consensual and so excitingly welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that same like there's a through line in the book of like dirtbags with kindness, you know, like Jim is a big sleazy dirtbag, but also the kindest person I've ever known. Um, and like, I wanted to make it clear that like, this was sex, but this wasn't an introduction to some kind of nice sex. This was, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like people are always talking to me about like how extreme octopus is and how much it shows. I'm like, there are two dicks in the entire book. <laughs> Um, one of them is, is that, and like, even then it's just like the base of the shaft going into that woman's mouth. Um, and like the other one is just like a dick friendly, you know, a friendly dick poking up as I'm turning into an octopus at the end of chapter one. Um, I think there's like one bare ass in the rest of the story. 
everything else is is uh, you know it's but people remember it as being like quite a sexual book and quite an extreme book in the same way that people keep assuming that haunted hill is going to be like an extreme book now haunted hill has one nude cover but Mm -hmm. like literally there's actually no nudity in haunted hill even though it's like a far more adult story it's funny i would love to talk i mean we're obviously going to talk more about haunted hill but it's funny because for me, even that, I think it's the last chapter. It could be the second to last chapter where you're in the sex club and the guy is, I mean, throughout the entire sequence, it's obvious that you guys are having sex while you're talking, but like, it's also, you don't show anything. Like it's no. very, it's almost a tender moment between two people. Just if it wasn't a sex club, it would have just been two people in bed lying down talking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I found that interesting that you took these, these sequences that most people probably myself included with my biases would think of as like an extreme sexual moment and kind of brought them down to what was probably reality for you. And uh, the one very explicit moment was that like that porn magazine. And like you said, it's more of like what it meant to you, right? There's an aggressive, like you said, the typical connotation of sex clubs is like this aggressive thing and it's not safe and whatever. And, yeah. As as for what happened to you at a young age with the magazine, you're like, this was way too much for me. So right? it was what I'm saying is it was interesting as an outsider looking in to see your perspective of it. And that, that's what really made me fall in love with the book and really enjoy it. Thanks. Yeah. 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 The, uh, and I, I don't think you'll be moving to Australia anytime soon, but uh <laughs> And, uh, I want to say I'd love to visit, but Chris Chris opened up and was like, "I'm not the target audience," but then he said he loved the book, right? So I'm like, to to my question I, is, who would you prefer, someone that loved the book or someone that left their husband to go to Australia? <laughs> like, I don't. I what, mean, do you, what? <laughs> honestly, I think I think like the truth is, I was I was talking to a friend of mine about this yesterday, um, and this friend, he is, I think Chris, he's like you, he's he's not the target audience for most of my work. But he genuinely loves my work, like Haunted Hill. He's, he's a, he actually he, he he read Haunted Hill a while back, all of it, and he read like all twelve issues in a day, you know. And he's always asking me when there's going to be more and what have you. Um, and he read Octopus, and he reached out to me to say that like Octopus is the best comic he's ever read. And then he followed that up with he likes Haunted Hill more, but he can tell that Octopus is better. And like. I was talking to him about this last night because we were talking about someone else's comic that is uh, not genreless but almost genreless and far more of a like meandering exploration of feelings, what have you. And he was like, "I don't, I don't want to read that comic. It looks, it just looks terrible to me." And I was like, "I'm actually really excited about that comic," um, which is weird because the, the person who's made it, I don't like anything else they've done. Um, and I said to him, he was, and he started like talking about how like comics need to have all these certain things and what have you. And that, that's why he doesn't like this one. And I said to him, uh, you realize that comic is really close to the comics that I do. The difference here is that, you know, me. And so you have been charmed enough by me that when you've read the comic, you haven't been looking for something else. I think that people really like put themselves into a box by saying like, what are the kind of comics that I'm going to like? What is the kind of whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, it's the same reason that I think people rewatch the same movies over and over again, the more access they have to other movies. It's because when we had to go to a video store and look for something, we read the back of video covers and like 
figured out what would be interesting to us based on how it was they're trying to sell it to us. Now we scroll through an endless list of things and we're like, I don't know. I don't know anything about any of these things. I'm terrified of spoilers for some fucking reason. Spoilers are amazing and everyone should enjoy them. Um, and so instead you just watch, you know, whatever, whatever film you watched when you were 12 years old over and over again in a loop. Yep. So I, I think, I think the truth is that, I'm sure there are people out there who won't like octopus. I'm not going to claim that mm-hmm. I appeal to everyone, but I think that I appeal to a much broader audience than I will ever reach. I, I discuss it all the time where I, as any person, uh, you end up in your boxes and like, this is, this is what I like and this is what I am, blah, blah. And then around, you know, late twenties, early thirties th- started to venture outside of those. So like, for instance, just to give a very, like minor example of this, like I wasn't a fantasy guy and like Lord of the Rings, like never hit with me. I wasn't, I could care less about people walking for uh, 90 or nine hours. But when I discovered like barbarian comics, like Conan the Barbarian and um, Barbaric and, and like a bunch of other different in that genre, I was like, Oh, I do like fantasy. I just like this version of fantasy. And then you know other things along the way too. And I don't know. Maybe that's from doing the show. Maybe that's wisdom with age. Who knows? But I have discovered that while I may not be the target audience for things and I understand that I'm not the target audience for things and that's okay. I still enjoy things outside of what I think I like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll say octopus is on my pile of stuff that I need to read still. Yeah, Mike just hates you, so he didn't read it. No, I don't hate you. I, <laughs> I literally told Chris, I'm like, I have a fucking pile, and I'm I'm a piece of shit. I have a piece of shit, which is separate to me having a pile of comics that I need to read. But I am gonna I am gonna back your next Kickstarter, so that's not you don't have to worry about that. Just because that's all. I have, you, what you need to yeah. do is you need to show true allyship to the the gay yep. creators, and you need to buy the sexy variant cover. Oh my god! That's yeah. how you can make touch. Right. It, it, it's only seven dollars more, and you'll get twenty nine dicks. So <laughs> that's I. So as someone who's never purchased dicks for money, I feel like that's a really good deal. That's a lot of dicks <laughs> for uh, seven bucks. Come on! So dicks for money is the name of my next book. <laughs> so next, we should so. really get into Haunted Hill. But like, so you're doing you're doing a quote unquote sexy variant, and I've talked a lot. Maybe not in this show, but just in cheesecake, general. Cheesecake covers. Yeah. Cheesecake covers do not, as a, as a straight man, usually cheesecake covers are thought of as like big breasted women and all that. They do nothing for me, mostly because a, if I like, I mean, I could see breasts in real life if I want to, but also like I have I'm Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you like a? Is the the 29 dick variant is this on purpose to kind of make fun of cheesecakes or yeah. what is the purpose of it like yeah, yeah. No, it is like i'm i'm that childish um i love it and that's what else too, yeah because i think cheesecake is stupid personally before but. i was gonna before i launched octopus i was going to do haunted hill as my first kickstarter um because mm-hmm. you know it, it like it had a decent audience online etc etc it all it made sense um and everyone was telling me, you have to do a sexy variant. You have to do something with tits on the cover. And I'm like, okay, but this is a book about like a kind of like a, a grumpy 35 year old lesbian who's calling out dudes on their bullshit. Like, I feel like it'd be quite disingenuous for me to draw her with her tits out for your amusement. 
Um, and then, you know, the, the, the secondary part of that, that like sexy variants by and large are, and by the way, I have no problem with sexy variants. Mm-hmm. I, I have problem with lazy cover design. So if I see a sexy variant that is, here's a regular version of something, you know, girl yeah. with sword. And here's the sexy version, girl with sword, clothes removed, same pose. Right. Like, yeah, I hate that. Yeah. Like, um, and then when I was doing Octopus, people were like, do a sexy variant. I'm like, there's literally no way. And they were like, well, just, you've got to have tits on your cover. I'm like, okay. So what is it going to be like? Like it's a strip club with some sexy ladies in the foreground and in between two of them, you can see me in the back corner drawing comics. Like, eat my yeah. ass. Yeah, so, right. Um, because in Haunted Hill, Eva works as the as the janitor, daytime janitor at, at the sex club. Um, I thought I can do a sexy variant that that is like embracing that. So it's her on her hands and knees scrubbing the floor, earbuds in, completely oblivious to what's going on around her, just like being left alone to do her fucking job. While a massive gay orgy is going on, there's people getting fisted in a swing. There's a guy with a giant dildo up his ass. Someone's like poppers out of some bars. You know, there's there's people on like in tiered seating eating each other's assholes. There's fingers and butts. There's dicks everywhere, and like there's a lot of dicks either dripping cum or shooting cum. The cum is landing on the title of the book. Oh my god, yes, it's Sold. everything. Yeah, um, yeah, the. Chris, the is there for, uh, Chris is there for a cum joke, so he's like, hell yeah, I'm by. <laughs> by the way, the, the cum all has a spot UV treatment, so it's shinier than anything else on the cover. I wanted to get glow in the dark, but it was just too expensive. Oh my um, God. If you could make the cum... The <laughs> it's something I never thought I'd say in this show. If you could make the cum like a chromium variant... <laughs> so, not only would I probably do that, but it'd be hilarious. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. You know, it's, it's like... Um, it, it really, it's, what I really enjoy about it is that there are, and I, I keep saying 29, but I, 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 I think there's 29 if you get the, if there's the full version with the uh, French flaps, which I didn't end up printing. So let me just count how many dicks are actually visible. Three, three, four, five, six. This is good podcasting here, everybody. It's only silent because he's counting dicks. There's oh, only oh. there's only 18 dicks on the front. Oh it's a wraparound. It's a wraparound. Wow. Um, I love it. But yeah, what is on that dick? What is Can on we that? discuss what is like wrapped around that dick right now? Oh, it's a it's just a ball separator and a cock ring kind of yeah, leather studded one. Listen, and I'm then a there's a your ball stretcher on the one above. There you go. Do we not understand that I live in a very redneck area and just a straight guy? Yeah, like I'm not yeah, experiencing these things. A like, dildo right in this guy's ass who's crawling off into the foreground. We have. I mean, that's like a Friday. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's the there's the poppers. There's the poppers. Now, this time I've called them hog bait because I didn't want to get in trouble with the pig sweat people. I've got like one guy in a puppy outfit <laughs> with his ass in the air, but I also have like a nice couple just kissing and holding each other. You know, it's, yeah. yeah, it's about having everything and and it's very wholesome. Nobody is bothering Eva. All of these men, like there are there are 18 dicks there, and none of them are bothering Eva. No one is getting in her way, no one is shooting come in her direction. They are just letting her do her fucking job. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's an amazing cover, by the way. Seeing that, I love it. I love it. 
Everyone we might get taken off YouTube off. for that cover, but it's it's. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> every time I say that um, I've done like a sexy cover, people assume that I'm talking about the uh, the the donut getting fisted. I'm like, no, that's oh, that's yeah. the same one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's cover uh, A. Yeah, that's the main cover. So what's funny? I so I did a a book years a couple years back that I'd love to bring back eventually, but that was called Battle Monsters, and it has a lot of like. It actually got like some people that were into furries into it because there was a lot of like Humanoid. humanized like yeah. animals in it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, cause now the big thing on Kickstarter is cheesecake covers. And I was like, well, if I did a cheesecake cover, like furry covers would be the hilarious thing to do. Right. <laughs> so to see you do this, I'm like that, that just kind of makes me feel like I should do it even more just to kind of slap against this whole cheesecake trend. Come on, I, I do feel it. like no one's going to want this thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I I know that I've made this for my own amusement. I've made a hundred of them. Um, it is it is going to be a special limited thing, and that's fine. But like, what's been nice is I've I've put it out on social media since I did it. I actually when the the day that the day I the day I launched it on uh, Twitter was actually the day that Carboria Two came out. So I feel like again just killing it at marketing. Um, <laughs> oh hell yeah! Um, but. <laughs> Since putting it out, I've actually I've been approached to do like sexy variants for a couple of other people. So I'm like I'm actually getting to do um, I won't say what it's for yet because it hasn't been announced. But let's just say I'm being paid money to draw Grandpa Monster's erection. I love that. This sounds like a Charlie Stickney joint. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because of that age has come as like white ash. Yeah. <laughs> That's Love where you make Charlie. the connection. Love you, Charlie. <laughs> I, oh I shared God. a I shared a table with him at, at the LA Festival of Books a few weeks ago. Oh and really? It was great. Like I've known Charlie for years, and Charlie's one of my favorite people because he met me in a professional capacity at a party that I had been told was a costume party and certainly wasn't. <laughs> So, like, he was just there being, like, a normal, fully grown adult, and I was dressed as the Hamburglar. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, by the way, I had brought, like, a bag of hamburgers with me. Like, I was, like, I was in it, you know? And um, he still took me seriously and has still had multiple conversations with me and then was like, yes, let, let us share a table. We will be in a tent together all weekend at this big outdoor thing in a fucking street way, selling oh our books side by side. Oh my um, god! And the number of times that weekend when I would say something that I thought was normal, and he would just look at me like, "Well, I just learned another new word." <laughs> oh man! As somebody that loves that man to death and loves talking to him, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. My my chiropractor the other day listened to an interview with me. <laughs> oh boy! And when I came in to get my like shoulder fixed, he was like. Hey, uh, what's a succatorium? Oh, Oh, yes. Yes. And if you go back and listen to our last episode, folks, you will find out what a succatorium is. I love it. That's that. uh, That should be like the name of a new metal band, by the way. Succatorium. So, Mike, you play guitar like we can make this happen. happen. (laughs) Oh, my God. And the first song will be um, 
that's a what how much money is for 27 dicks or something like that <laughs> no the, the first song would be called douche and floors if we're going to talk about the last time it's on this show there you go yeah that oh yeah oh yeah i love that so uh, I feel yeah. like almost 40 minutes in, um, we should probably we, talk, we'll about, talk about it. Uh, we'll, Haunted we'll talk. Hill. So, yeah. so <laughs> Richard, now we're getting, what is this book? We're getting a collected edition, right? This is what yes. we got. Yes. Yeah. So this, this is a book that I, it was formerly available online, um, mm-hmm. as a, as a, it was a weekly, uh, web comic, six pages a week, uh, about a woman named Eva, who is a sloppy 35-year-old dirtbag who moves back to Hollywood because her wife gets a really good job. And so now she is uh, going through something a lot of us have been through, moving back to her hometown, but her hometown happens to be Los Angeles. Um, it is a surrealist soap opera about the most impossible place on earth. It is all told in pseudo-real time where... Uh, the six issues that are collected in this book cover about two hours of her life. And the current goal is to tell a 312 issue story across an 11 day period of Eva's existence. I, I can't wait to read it. Um, I have, I have not read any of the issues yet, so I'm, I'm very excited for it. I figure Uh, if I, if I can do 312 issues, that'll be 52 volumes and then I can uh, pull them all from the market and then release one volume a week and be like, Hey, DC's 52. Can you do this? Yeah. Can you do this? You son of a I was going to make a DC joke, but he had yeah. beat me to it. Yep. He did. That's all right. Yeah. You went quiet cause you were doing the math, right? <laughs> yeah. He was like, well, as soon on. as I heard 52, I'm like DC, how can yeah. I make fun of DC? It's a low hanging fruit at this point. We actually did it when, when DC were doing the weekly, thing for the, their first 50 their first go at the 52 thing um theo and i who's a, a former collaborator of mine um one of my few former collaborators who i'm still very good friends with uh he because i'm a monster apparently um no if you're red octopus you understand why i have some issues with former collaborators but theo and i did uh we decided like well dc probably has like a bunch of people working on this what if we did it just us and so we put out, we couldn't do as much content as them. So we did an eight page mini comic each week on top of our regular output uh, for one year. And so we called it Richard and Theo's Funny Books. And it was 52 mini comics. Uh, and then I think between us, we put out 28 other books that same year. <laughs> Not all of those 52 were good, but man, there were some cool ideas. That's insane. I mean, kudos to getting it done either way. That's crazy. That's insane. That's a lot so of content. And you're yeah. going, so you previously released this on your website. I remember that in one of our previous interviews, we talked about this book. Yes. So everybody can go back to that to hear more about it, even more about it. But now you're going to Kickstarter with it. What are you offering with the Kickstarter that's going to, other than just the print edition of this, that's going to entice people? Um, so you get the usual exciting backup stuff that you get in a, in a trade collection. Um, some actually the first strip or a single, it's a single panel cartoon that kind of inspired the whole thing. Uh, a character who isn't Eva, but is calling a dude out on his bullshit or like, actually he's trying to call her out on something and she's just staring at him with hatred. Um, Mm -hmm. that inspired the whole thing that I've never published anywhere else. 
uh, early designs, cover breakdowns, you know, a bunch of stuff about the about the development of the book, uh, as well as the fact that it's just a really nice physical book. I am incredibly obsessed with getting the right paper stock for everything, getting the right quality for everything to be. Um, so, you know, in, in that sense, the, at the basic level, you get a really fucking nice book. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also doing an expanded digital edition, which will come with the seventh issue, which isn't available. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, the print of, um, of Sasha taking a shit behind the Hollywood sign because I'm classy. Nice. Uh, and, <laughs> nice. Um, again, while Eva smokes in the foreground, disinterested by what's happening. I really wanted to capture like the tone of Hollywood. Um, and then the, I mean, there's those sketch covers and obviously the sexy variant cover and, and all of that. But then uh, I think that people should have access to pieces of things if they want them. And I am interested in the idea of like finding a way to make digital art low class. Oh, sorry. Original art, not digital art. Jesus. Digital yeah. art all low class. We know that. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, making original art low class. So uh, this book is all done uh, pencils on on shitty paper, and then I use a light box to do the inks. So I have every page of this in pencil form as well, with all of the text, with everything, and with all of my mistakes and changes. And uh, there are a hundred pages of that will be available. So for fifty bucks, the book is twenty eight bucks on its own. Or for fifty bucks, you can get the book with a page of the original pencils folded up and jammed right inside there. I love that. That's phenomenal. Um, there's also, uh, you know, various add-ons and special things. And I've got, uh, Eva has a great t-shirt that she wears throughout this that just says spit on it. So I've got a good, a good sticker that just says spit. It looks like it's from her shirt. And because of the donut getting fisted on the cover of the, of the main book, I have done a delightful donut sticker that just says, put your fingers in my hole. Nice. I love and that. I'm sick of Kickstarter stickers being so small. These are like big stick on grandma's coffin type of stickers, you know? Yeah. Cause I, that's exactly what I was thinking at the funeral. Yeah. Slap it on there like a bumper sticker on our way to hell. So you got all these cool little things that you can get along with the Kickstarter. Do you, I mean, what the last Kickstarter did the horror shorts add on, you mentioned yes. earlier doing horror shorts too. Is that a part of this Kickstarter or is that, that a future one, thing? That's a future thing. Um, the nightmare theater people reached out to me asking me to do a new story for volume three. And uh, originally the, the, the pizza, the pizza, God, what am I saying? The corn story uh, about the guy taking a shit while eating corn. That's in horror shorts. Uh, that was originally story. done for nightmare theater volume one. And I've been thinking for a long time, like, how could I do a thematic follow-up to that? And I've done a story for volume three of Nightmare Theater, which will then be put into horror shorts issue two, along with a handful of other short pieces I've done, um, which will come out either late this year or early next year. Uh, it's, but this story is called Tracked, and it's about a girl who uh, orders dominoes because she's, like, alone and feeling bad about herself and no one's there to judge. So she orders Domino's and watches the pizza tracker app as it gets to her. And then after she eats the pizza, she sees that the tracker is still active on her laptop. And it says that it's now inside Claire. Uh, and it's about her following the, the journey until she shits out the pizza. What the hell? That's amazing. <laughs> That's like the most fucked up Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> I've never watched. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what philosophical thing I'm supposed to feel or understand from that episode, but yeah. Oh my god. Uh, never ordering Domino's again, by the way. But I mean, yeah. good choice. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh... Mike. You live in New York. What are you doing ordering Domino's? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm in New York. This it's clearly the worst pizza. Dude, this is awesome. I can't wait, especially what you said, digital deluxe, because as a digital only reader right now, um, it's nice to know that I'm getting a little something extra too, because I don't think enough people do that. So, uh, and I really, uh, with, with, uh, Octopus, I did the digital bundle of, you know, other older stuff and everything, uh, that will also be available again with a couple of new things. And I'll be doing a digital edition of Too Hot for Octopus, which was the follow-up to Octopus. That's all the handwritten journal style. I love the way that your camera has has changed you now to look like you're in witness protection, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm like messing with my lights and stuff. I think it's because it was it was a sunny day like an hour ago, and now we're transitioning. So I'm trying to like mess around. Okay, I look a little better now. I like I like move back a little bit, and I looks like I'm being interrogated. But now, here we go. Yeah. At first, it was just an outline, like an unsolved mysteries interview, where they don't want to show the person's face, right? Yeah, that's cool. Oh, here I am. Um, yeah. no, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm I'm feeling weird about this campaign, to be honest. Like, one, it's it's my second campaign, so obviously I'm going to get the like slump where my friends and family say, "Ah, we we don't want to keep supporting you." Um, but I feel like it's not going to be as hard a fall for me because very few of my friends and family bought the last book. Oh, well, there that's, you go. That's the comfort. Yeah. Um, you I have actually, a fan base. I went to New Zealand. Uh, I went to New Zealand and Australia uh, recently. And while I was in New Zealand, I, I actually hand delivered almost every copy of Octopus that people had bought from me um, because I had them to do that with. Uh, <laughs> and my mother saw that I had it. And she just says, I don't want to read that. I was like, I didn't bring it for you. She's like, okay. Good. Okay, good. Okay, good. Thank you. I think she's just terrified that she's in it. And I was like, no. no. Uh, what an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> uh, Richard, I can't wait, man. Uh, when this, I mean, as people are listening now, the, the Kickstarter has started. So, yes. By the way, uh, the, the link is kickrichard.com. I love that. So, so go, go there and you will find Haunted Hill and all of the weird shit that goes along with it. Um, there's a bunch of stuff happening with Haunted Hill at the moment that I'm not allowed to talk about, as in I've signed pieces of paper to say I'm not allowed to talk about them. Mm. Uh, and of course, because it's it's Hollywood, things might all fall apart and nothing will happen. But it, it, mm. it feels really weird to be like, I'm going to spend the next month of my life talking about Haunted Hill probably every day. And I'm also not allowed to talk about Haunted Hill. <laughs> it's going to be a Peacock original. Yes, exactly. That's what that's 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 what's <laughs> happening. Um, no, Nickelodeon's just going in a really different direction. <laughs> the the color of the splat is changing from. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. 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 So. So people, I mean, people are going to go out. They're going to check out the campaign. Obviously, we got all the different tiers you mentioned before. I'm sure you're going to have add-ons as well. So people will pick up octopus, other things like what, what are kind of add-ons are you doing? Um, so there's octopus, there's horror shorts. There's too hot for octopus. Um, there is uh, the stickers. Um, there are 
special editions of the book. So as I said, the sexy cover, the sketch cover, I'm doing $75 sketch covers. Mm -hmm. um, nice. I think in the campaign, I say like, I will draw whatever you want. Like I can do a character from Haunted Hill, but if you haven't read it yet, and you just really want a picture of like Grimace making out with Batman. I can also do that. I do um, actually want that. I know Mike's kidding now. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> uh, and then I'm, I'm looking into things. I, I, I did the fake bottles of poppers for octopus and they were just a nightmare to ship. Um, and I'm not going to do those again, but I will probably be announcing some stretch goal stuff along the way. You know, fingers crossed that we get there. Um, I want to do because of like, because of having every page in the like separate pencils, um, I want to release a version of, of issue one, which is called haunted Hills, haunted Hill pencils first. And it'll just be the, the pencil edition of it as a single issue. Um, if cool. things go absolutely buck wild, I'm looking at doing uh, individual issues as well as the collected volume. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's a thing for more for later on. Um, obviously, I'll be doing, you know, volume two, three, four, up to 52, assuming that I don't yes. die. And um, I have just started on my new book. So... The new book will be launching on Kickstarter in August or September, I think. And so there's there's a possibility that I might also be doing a first issue or a first chapter as a single issue of that book uh, as an add-on late in the game with this. And that's that's my book, The Ex-Wives of Frankenstein, um, which is about uh, the Bride of Frankenstein and Elizabeth Frankenstein spending the day together when they find out that their ex-husbands have been found frozen in the Arctic, locked in a super gay embrace, and are returning to the city as gay science heroes. And I'm very excited about that. I've just been Sounds drawing awesome. the, opening, the opening sequence, the cold open, which I've had in my head for about five years, where the Bride of Frankenstein is working as a webcam girl. Um, you know, beautiful, perfect, built for the desires of a monster, but also green and covered in stitching. Yeah. So, oh my God. You know, Mike, when you hear something, you didn't know you wanted it. Yeah. But now, like, you can't wait. You cannot. Wait. <laughs> there it is. That's like it. the discussions of like, oh yeah, no, no, no. I don't like using a giant novelty bolt as a dildo, but it's what the fans <laughs> want to man. Oh um, my I God. just thought of that right now. I don't think I'm going to put that in the book. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my sketch variant. Yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> weirdly, you still want grimace. Yeah, I do. No, Mike yeah. wants Grimace. I want Everyone Grimace. wants Grimace. That'll be Grimace. my script. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I actually, man. I just shout out to one of my favorite artists, Hey Weirdo, spelled with two E's in Weirdo, um, who just did a, uh, I just got a t-shirt from from them of uh, sexy Grimace with with nice titties covered with suspenders and, and, and fries instead of pubic hair. Oh, my God. I did. That's amazing. Thoroughly recommend <laughs> This was Hey Weirdo. He's gonna book that bookmark that real quick Grimace. for himself. Yeah. Let's see everybody. Chris Chris needs that in his life. And <laughs> I mean like how how do you haven't worn the t shirt yet? I was gonna say what kind of reactions do you get when you when you wear actually, that? Actually I bubble? have worn it. I wore it uh, actually to my chiropractor who learned the word sacatorium and he took a photograph <laughs> of it to send to his friends. So, okay. so that's no, the seems... best reaction you want seems to be going i i feel like i'm just you know it's like i got so well known as the guy who really enjoys kfc which is true um but like 
now my only way of branching out is I'm so my mind is so blocked by it. That I'm just like, what are other fast foods that I could also enjoy? Right. Instead yeah. of diversifying my, my taste, it's just diversifying what I eat and slowly expanding. When I found out with like, do you remember last year, some like manager at a McDonald's won some award or whatever, and he was being interviewed. I can't remember if this was for QSR magazine or one of the others, but yeah, right. interviewing this McDonald's manager and they said, what's Grimace? And out of nowhere, he was like, oh, he's a taste bud. And like, I guess that's canon now because some fucking McDonald's manager said so. But that means that like every time you've hugged a person in a Grimace suit, they've been tasting you with their entire body. That's, I don't, I don't know how that makes me feel anymore. <laughs> I don't like, know. He's not a taste bud. Like he's not yeah. a taste bud. No, he's, he's not. He can't be. Yeah. That does that that just breaks all the laws that I've thought. I don't so, know. I don't think I'm bold enough to wear this man's art. But it's, it's I'm a, a fan. It's a woman. Um How a woman, you? sorry. Um first he, she has a book called Coloring for Perverts, mm-hmm. which I find very interesting. Is that the one with the the sexy Furby on the cover? There's two of them in yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh there it is. That's, she does a lot of I have a I have a, a, a picture of a, a sort of humanoid um, I think it's a Chihuahua just very uncomfortably showing her tits and it's I, I love it because it makes everyone uncomfortable to look at but also uncomfortable because of how uncomfortable the Chihuahua looks to be there. There's oh there's one of a woman sucking on the what would you call the the bill of a dolphin that's yep. very interesting. Yeah, the, is that the one where it's coming through a glory hole where the duct tape the whole thing? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sexy cows fiddling with their udders. There's um, there's some creatures just made of legs. Uh, there's some aliens fingering each other. There's a there's a lot of like cockroaches wearing strap-ons. This this cow in like sexy latex with a glass of milk. Yep, these are amazing. I'm just scrolling. Rhyme artwork. I. Listen, I'm a fan. Don't think I'm bold enough to wear the t-shirt. She also did a book called Pent Horse. Yeah, I see that. I love that picture. That's awesome. I believe that's a shark uh, (laughs) with multiple dolphins with strap-ons around them. Why not? Why not? Only fins. The name of the art is Only Only Fins. I love it. I am... This is phenomenal. See, I'm just I'm introducing the world to great artists. Yep. Like yourself though, the one we need to focus on today is you. So. Yes. Yes. Although yes. I will say that like uh a Do lot believe of that's people, two Furby scissoring. I <laughs> I've, I've been a fan of her work for a long time. I actually I met her when I had uh, broken in backstage at an Amanda Palmer concert in two thousand nine. Um, Amazing. But uh she I didn't know that she'd been doing this this type of art. Um, I'd, I'd like known her for writing stuff. Um, and then when I did the haunted hill cover with the horse coming out of the woman's mouth, um, she reached out to me to be like, we need to trade art because this is, this is in line with each other. And I was like, Oh no, mine's not sexual. Mine's just about that book. The old woman who swallowed a fly. <laughs> it's, the, it's the grossest, grossest joke in haunted hill is when someone says, uh, someone's talking about what they like they'd left in their treehouse when they were a kid, and she says, 
What did you need to get back from there? Your VHS copy of Old Women Who Swallow? Spoiler, she always dies when she gets to the horse. Oh my god. Oh my god. As a fan of dark humor, that's the darkest thing I've heard in a long fucking time, Richard. I don't think we I don't think we can end the interview on anything else besides that. Like, no, that has, so uh yeah. Richard, where can people find you on the internet? Uh I'm the only Richard Fairgray in the entire world. So <laughs> richardfairgray.com, at richardfairgray on twitter.com. Uh I'm occasionally on Facebook, but it's a horrible website, mostly for aunts and uncles at this point. It is um, correct. Oh, oh my god, by the way, so I joined this group called Grey Haired Men, and I'm just like, I want to look at some sexy men, right? But it's like Day one, men with gray hair posting pictures of themselves saying, hi, nice to be in the group. Day three, like pictures of men naked, like holding their dicks, but like just barely covering them so they don't get zucked, being like looking to get horny. And like, thank you so much, Internet, for like so quickly turning my feed into like not quite porn, but like as close as Facebook can get. Yeah, as close as you can get without getting zucked. Just, just delightful that that has happened, uh, and so fast. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I'm on, I'm in the gray-haired men group. Um, <laughs> um, if you, I, God, I found out two days ago that likes on Twitter are public. So, oof. oh, um, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. didn't know, and so I've just decided to lean into it, and I've just been like, yeah, oh, this Twitter account is getting a lot more likes this week. Yeah, um, good. So uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram as Richard Fairgray author because I lost the password to the Richard Fairgray account. Um, kickrichard.com for all of my crowdfunding stuff. It will always be the instant way to get to me. Buy Haunted Hill. It's, it's like the weirdest fucking book I've done. It's the, despite the fact that Octopus was a memoir, Haunted Hill is the most like me a book can be because it's, 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 it's current and the first book is loosely based on a true story. Uh, that happened two nights before uh, the first lockdown hit where I was walking home and someone said, Hey Mark. And I said, yeah. And I jumped in the car and they said, you're not Mark. And I said, that's absolutely true. What are we doing? Um, it's, it's great. It's fun. It's, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm doing my sloppy dirt bag shit and I'm doing it well. In case everybody out there, kick fairgrays.com is hard to remember. You can always um, look in the show notes down below. Wrong. It's kickrichard.com. See, yeah. it's hard even for me. Kickrichard.com. <laughs> uh, you will find links in the show notes down below to the Kickstarter and Richard's website, as always. So, Richard, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate you taking the time, my friend. I'll see you again soon. Oh, I hope so. Oh, 100% you will. Yeah, you will. And we're back. We're back. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know Richard by now, now you know. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we chatted a little bit about the prior Kickstarter book, which mm-hmm. was a deeply personal, like, self-reflective. Yep. And this is back to kind of his horror roots, doing something. Yeah, so that, that's cool. Shifting gears a little yeah. bit. I think so. this one will be more down Mike Sally. Personally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, and I, yeah, like, I, like I said, I didn't get to the, I have, uh, the, the memoir book, but I just have not read it yet. Um, I will get to it. I got a stack of stuff. I got to read, uh, comic news. I'm sure you don't, you don't have a stack. Nope, of stuff. Zero stack. <laughs> no comic reader out there has a stack. To, of just stuff kinda, to yeah. Just as a side, Mike, I just yeah. got a, not only a, another 
care package from um, Bad Idea. Oh. I also got some stuff from Alterna the other day. Wow. And that doesn't even include the books that I buy myself. <laughs> Did you get King Cryptid? You gonna read that shit? Yeah, among others. Nice, nice. So awesome. You're gonna love King Cryptid. Which is a little relative to the news. You know, things come in cycles. We got a cryptid book coming up in the news, so um comic news. Marvel has announced that two cult classic series are returning to the publisher in the form of reprints. Oh, both the Micronauts and the ROM the Space Knight will get the omnibus treatment for Marvel next January, which with uh facsimiles of their first issues releasing this September. <laughs> Chris is the only one that's been talking about Rom the Space Knight. Rom's back at Marvel, Mike. <laughs> Rom. Yeah, there it is. First first issue. <laughs> CGC. Wow, man, are you happy or what? I listen, there Everybody's been telling me it's just reprints, Chris. It's just reprints. First of all, if all I get is a full omnibus set of Rom's original Marvel run with a Marvel sticker on it, yeah, I'm happy. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I love mm-hmm. that run, and I'm glad that more people can get their hands on it. But if everybody remembers out there, and it's a little different because it's a Fox property, and I know Disney bought Fox, and we can go through all that. Mm-hmm. When Predator and Alien and Planet of the Apes came over to Marvel, do you remember what they first announced? Yeah. Omnibuses of the original runs. Now we have new runs of all those books. I'm not saying Rom's coming back. (laughs) But But there's a chance. There's a glimmer of hope. And if we come on this show and and you say to me, Rom's new series set in the 616 universe, I will probably shit my pants on air. Yep. Just wear some, put some towels underneath your seat. I'm really, I, I'm excited. And yeah. I think this also bodes well for fans of more popular series <laughs> mm-hmm. being Transformers and G.I. Joe that either something's being, something's happening there. Yeah. Or, which I feel like those have a chance of coming to Marvel as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, or there's a deal with somebody and they're being a little more coy because they're, they were told like, Hey, Marvel's going to announce this wait. And then you're doing as someone who watched the Micronauts cartoon. I, I always thought I didn't realize they were separated properties from transformers. Yeah, they were their own thing and they were actually, so Rom and the Micronauts are connected. Okay. Which I should have a better knowledge of the Micronauts, mm-hmm. but I don't. Uh, and actually, so you just watched Ant-Man 3. Yeah. That movie was supposed to be a Micronauts movie. Like, <laughs> mm, Okay. From what, what I know of the Micronauts, like you can tell that that's what they wanted to do. They wanted mm-hmm. to do a Micronauts movie, but they yeah. don't own the rights to it. I gotcha. But those are all, all of these properties I mentioned are Hasbro properties that are all toys that became comics later on. So Marvel didn't really own them even though they created the mythology behind all of them. Right. And uh, yeah, I, so I think those two eventually will go somewhere. I would kind of like to see them go to Marvel. A, because I'm a Marvel fan, but B, because like 
that's where they started. That's where they bloomed. That's, you know, that's where they belong in my eyes. Mm-hmm. If they yeah. don't go there, I would kind of like to see Dark Horse take them. That'd be cool. Yeah, Dark Horse is a solid publisher. It does good work. So I would be happy with them going there too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just, I mean, book it. I'm buying. I th- yeah, <laughs> I right. told my retailers like, okay, so I just got volume two of the Invincible. They call it a compendium, but it's an omnibus. Let's yeah, right, right. I said, okay, once that's done, I'm not buying any more omnibuses. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm done for a while. And then yeah. this gets announced, and I walk in. He's like, so you're done buying omnibuses, huh? I was like, shut up. I know. Uh, it's going to be like four more. <laughs> it's going to be like four more around the Space Night omnibuses. And what's really cool about it is I was looking at the – let me pull it up. The, the uh, issues that are going to be in it, it's not only just the, the ROM issues. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So like the Micronauts one is all the Micronauts stuff. It's Micronauts one through 29. It's the annuals, blah, blah, blah. The ROM one, because ROM was more interconnected into the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. It's ROM number one through 29, but it's also going to include his guest appearances in Power Man and Iron Fist. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I, my hope is that like all of the omnibuses will have his like guest appearances. Yes. Yeah. So that sounds awesome. Because he was in an Avengers issue. I did not know that. Yeah, he's uh he's actually so Rogue was originally created as a villain, mm-hmm. and the reason that she became a heroic character was she kissed Rom, and, okay, and got some of his powers. And got some of his kind heartedness as part of it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that actually transformed her and she became an X-Man. So Rom is like interconnected into Marvel lore. That's awesome. Yeah. I I'm sure it's been retcon, but in my head, it still exists. Yeah. Damn, dude. I'm happy for you. I'm so I'm <laughs> Pardon the pun because I just played the song, but I am so excited. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, that's really cool that they're doing that. This is interesting. I don't know. Interesting, good, interesting, bad. New publisher, Distillery, and this is how you spell it, folks. D-S-T-L-R-Y, Distillery, has announced their first comic titled The Devil's Cut. This one-shot comic will be satanic horror-themed anthology with creators Mark Bernardin, Becky Cloonan, James Tinney IV, Scott Snyder, Stephanie Phillips, Brian Azraelo, and more attached. Okay, the first half of that is like, eh. Weird publisher name. Don't really know how I feel about it. But then when you got like Stephanie Phillips, Brian Azzarello, Scott Snyder, James Tinney the Fourth, Becky Cloonan, Mark Bernardin on a horror book anthology. Yeah, I'll probably be checking this out. Yeah, this is the X Comicsology guys. Yeah. Remember that news? Yeah. 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 So that's cool. That's this. So it sounds cool. I like Satanic Horror. I like all those creators. I like the cover. The cover's neat. Although I don't get satanic horror from that cover. I get like no. epic sci-fi from that cover. Yeah, you get like Space Odyssey or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, so we'll see. But I'll probably, you know, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll check it out. Scott Snyder, I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, this is cool. I like I like me some Ahoy. Haven't heard them in the news in a while. Ahoy Comics announced a new anthology series releasing in September called Project Cryptid. The anthology will feature stories about cryptids from creators like Mark Russell, Leanna Kangas, Stuart Moore, Bryce Ingman, and so many more. Hell yeah. There's nothing more than Chris loves than cryptids, but also indie comic cryptids. Let's go. Yeah, it's cryptid season, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, the King Cryptid book just came in. Um, the other Cryptid book from our our buddy there on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and now yeah. this. It's all right. I'm okay with it. Uh, yeah, more of a good thing, and I can't wait to find out what cryptids think of capitalism from Mark Russell. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we really want to find out. How, how do the, how do the, where do the cryptids fit in, in the capitalist machine? <laughs> like, yeah, Mothman's really upset about it, guys. <laughs> Mothman's bringing his briefcase to work every day. <laughs> uh, I, this might be the, I might get this week to week. Yeah, that's pretty or cool. Or month to month. I mean, Mm-hmm. I have I've been trade waiting and all the Hoy stuff. I love their stuff. Like yeah. everything I've read's great. But I might get this one month a month. Or at the very I mean, we get review copies, you know, to be honest mm-hmm. with everybody. I might just read the review copies, but <laughs> something to note though, this is a four ninety nine book. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, it's a little bit bigger. Yeah. So just And there's also there's something I didn't put in I should have put it in the show notes, but they're doing like a, you know how they do the prose stuff at the end? Yes. There's a big thing. They're doing like a big 13 part epic in their prose mm-hmm. for next year. And it's going to go across like multiple books. Oh, okay. And actually this issue is the starter. The first issue of Project Cryptid is the starter for that like big prose thing. And it's mm-hmm. written by Grant Morrison. Oh, shit. All right. Well. Okay. So they're, I think they're on their fifth anniversary. So they're like doing some big things. They're really excited. Oh, cool. Good for them. Yeah. That's awesome. Love it's a great it. publisher. So I'm really happy they're doing well. I'm a big Tom Payer fan. Love that guy. Yeah. Uh, he did say that we're friends last time we talked to him. So I can say that. I'm going to put that on my resume. Which is shocking that you're friends with the Yankees fan, but. Yeah. Well, sometimes you, you look past things. <laughs> uh, publisher Titan Comics. Publisher. Titan Comics announced with the blessing and authorization of the Hendrix estate, which is very key, a new original graphic novel titled Jimi Hendrix Purple Haze. The graphic novel will be written by Mello Brown and DJ Benamine with art by Tom Mandrake, created in collaboration with Janie Hendrix, Jimmy's sister. Uh, This story will feature the rock and roll legend as you've never seen him before. As a time-traveling intergalactic hero in search of a magical talisman that captures the power of Jimi Hendrix's trademark sound. That sounds wild. And even crazier is the, the cover for this book is insane. This sounds nuts. It sounds nuts. And I I feel like I got to read this shit. This looks like the cover is just insane. I love the art. Yeah. And and something people don't really like think about me is like, I'm a a massive Jimi Hendrix fan. Like I I read his biography growing up. I was Mm -hmm. just, I was in love with that. That's awesome. His life and his journey and everything. Yeah. And I saw this and I was like, okay, another rock and roll biography mm-hmm. comic. Like, I just, I don't know. They don't do it for me, personally. Yeah, right. And then I started reading it. I'm like, this is insane. And this yeah. is something that I could see, like, old man Jimmy being like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah, hell yeah, let's <laughs> go for it. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm probably going to pick this one up because I think it looks like a blast. And I love that. They made they made sure in the press release that we knew this is authorized by the Hendrix estate. His sister's involved. His yeah, family's all for it. I think that's it. great. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm all for this. I am really excited for it. I would definitely, definitely be picking it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to check it out. This was some big news that hit this week. Saw some people tweeting about it, their feelings about it. Um, 
Image Comics announced that they're officially leaving Diamond Distribution, have signed an exclusive deal with Lunar Distribution, DC Comics Distribution Company. I'm seeing a, a great migration here, Chris, of of uh, publishers to distributors. I mean, I feel like this is going to hurt the local comic shops the most, but I don't know how you feel about it. I think I don't think it's going to hurt local comic shops at all. I mean, there's some comic shops that are throwing a big hissy fit about this, but what happened, in my opinion, was a lot of these small business owners and let me say with all due respect to anyone that owns a comic shop, there's a lot of people that open a comic shop that are not business people. Mm-hmm. And they got a little, well, first Damien was screwing them and they didn't know. Right. But second, like they don't have business acumen. So if you ever, I don't know your background with um, retail or, or working nope. any kind of job, but there isn't just one vendor distributor like you deal with like most stores deal with dozens upon dozens comics were dealing with one for the longest time and uh they thought they had it easy because of it but a lot of them and people i know that are like more business savvy Mm -hmm. were like dude these people are getting fucked yeah and then the pandemic hit and all these and diamond tried to throw its weight around and marvel and dc said well Guess what? Like we're owned by giant comp- corporations, we can do this on our own, right? Sorry, these own. But anyways, that side. This is the death throes of Diamond, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that while it will be an issue in the short term, I think it will be better for everybody in the long term. That makes sense. And I include myself as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like the poll box app probably won't exist in a year or two. Right. Uh, an app that I love and I use all the time. Uh, getting my book, like getting previews is going to be probably more difficult. And mm-hmm. I mean, I know DC has their version, but Marvel still does theirs through Diamond. Uh, everybody else is still doing theirs through Diamond. Mm-hmm. It'll be a transition for the industry. But yeah, right now all Diamond has is like a bunch of small publishers and Dark Horse. Yeah, I can't see that lasting. No, like they lost. I mean, they still have Marvel and DC in a sense. Like you mm-hmm. can still order Marvel and DC through them, but it's at a delay. So if you want Marvel and DC day one, you go with Penguin and Lunar. Yeah, right. Well, now, so they still had Image, which was a portion of the industry, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not as right. big as Marvel and DC. Right. And now, image is somewhere else and it's exclusive. So they won't even be in previews anymore. They won't be through diamond anymore. Like it's going to be all lunar. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Next couple of years are going to be very interesting for that. Like that business model. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it's all going to, where it's all going to land. Um, and I think I'm, with that, let's talk about what we did read this week. Definitely. There's some stuff I caught up on. Uh, I, I finished the, um, I finished the Nemesis Reload at number five, like you said, like that ending. Can't wait for that crossover event. Pretty excited for that. I've been catching up on Masters of uh, of the Universe, Masterverse, because I do love those comics. Um, I'm about a few issues behind, but I read number two the other day. Uh, we get a lot of different, you know, each issue is like a glimpse into the multiverse. Um, we get like a noir version of, of He-Man, which is cool. 
and then we get like a Japanese version, like a like a samurai Asian style, like a seafaring samurai anime style. Um, And now the Ronin, if you will, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, Now the guy like observing um, the universes and all the He Mans uh, with Shira is like, okay, well, I'm gonna just go fight him now. That's all I know if he's good or bad. Like he thinks he's like ruining the universes. Um, so it's good. And the guy, the character, I don't remember his name, but he's almost like Metron where he just like observes universes or like the watcher. Um, Junkyard Joe number six finished that. I thought it was a good in- ending. I did like the ending of Junkyard Joe where the portal opens and Geiger pops in. I'm like, how are these universes connected? Oh, I don't know. Jeff Johns opens up a portal and has Geiger walk through and say, not yet. And then the portal disappears. Uh, well, in the back, it shows the timeline. All of his characters are on the same timeline. Oh, that's true. Because yeah. I think that character, the shadowy figure next to him, yeah, is uh, Redcoat. I think it was. Oh, okay. I think that's yeah. who it is. Okay. So my feeling is that's the next book we're gonna get, which Revolutionary War America comic. Hell yeah! You know I'm there, Mike. Chris is there. <laughs> Chris is there, folks. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, I like that. Uh, JSA number four, everybody. Actually, let's talk about. No, we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, so this is Jeff Johns again, Janin on the art. Amazing art as always. Uh, the Huntress, the true Huntress, ends up back where the JSA started and where they got killed by uh, uh, Degaton. And we all know from last issue, Degaton is a time traveling Nazi killing the JSA. Um, the future hunt or the future JSA or the, the real this, JSA? Th- this is. I would say this is the real JSA, like the current current JSA. Uh, so when they die, so yeah. when so, so we're like, talking Gate Jagard Flash and Green yes. Lantern. Okay, so like from the first issue where she shows up, like, um, and they all die. That's that's the part where she gets teleported back to. Um, okay, we find out that Dagaton is like a living paradox. So what happens is when she goes back to that part, she's not supposed to be there. And so he has something to combat every one of the JSAs, but then she shoots an arrow at him and it like cuts off his green lantern ring that he has. And that, that thwarts his plan. So she, all the JSA survive now. Um, and so he goes back to, he goes back to the past and we find out that he's being like driven by an older version of himself, like very old grade version um, saying that you need to go back and you need to kill them. Uh, and he's talking about like Dr. Fate, you need to make sure Dr. Fate like is out of the picture. Um, so he's trying to like, I think the idea is he's trying to start a ritual to create a new JSA, his version of the JSA, which is probably going to be like a Nazi JSA. Um, and so they need to start the ritual themselves or the JSA will be replaced. But at the end of all of it, the Huntress is in her, the past timeline. So it's like 30 years before she's born. Right. So of course she wants to go to Gotham and talk to Batman. So that's how the end of the issue wraps up. She travels to Gotham to talk to Batman and is like, Hey, I'm your daughter. And that's how the issue ends. I thought it was a solid issue. I can see this is getting like a lot of fun. We know we're up against Nazis. Love the JSA. So pretty solid issue. And then I got to read uh, that one. Yeah, you do. Uh, and then and then this book I'm really liking Green Arrow. Uh, this is Green Arrow number two. This is Joshua Williamson and Zoxy on the art. Uh, Green Arrow and Red Arrow's daughter is still trapped. This is Green Arrow separately, and then Red Arrow's daughter is still trapped on this alien world, like fighting crime. 
So like, you know, they're fighting crime like they would in Central City or uh, I'm sorry, Star City. Yeah, whatever. Um, and it's like an alien world of crime fighting. So they're like going with these like cat like humanoid people that are like mob bosses. So it's kind of funny. Uh, he starts remembering his son, Connor Hawk, and then, like, the whole thing starts happening again where he gets transported to another world. So, like, he's not allowed to remember his family for some reason, and he gets gets sent somewhere else. Uh, Red Arrow and Canary are going to look for Amanda Waller because they obviously think that she has something to do with Green Arrow disappearing. Um, and then when they go looking for her... Uh, <laughs> Peacemaker shows up and is like, yeah, I heard you're looking for... He's like, I heard you're looking for Amanda Waller, and then he calls him fucking hippies <laughs> at the end of the issue. <laughs> God, I love Peacemaker. Yeah, he shows up, and he's like, fucking hippies. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is great. Uh, so I've been really enjoying this book. I mean, Joshua Williamson's really made for a, na- a name for himself. I don't have to tell anybody that at DC. And uh, I think this Green Arrow book is just, it's just a lot of fun. And uh, that's all I got to this week. Well, I got to Vanish number seven. Yes. Yeah, I did want to read that. Just a really good issue. Uh, so Vanish. So basically the, the wife like goes off and she contacts his friend from issue one mm-hmm. that was killed in the afterlife and asks him for help. And uh, says that like Vanish, he fe- she feels that Vanish has influenced uh, her husband. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's going off on this like weird spree. So the friend goes back to the basically hell um, and finds one of Vanish's old the cohorts and makes a deal with her to try to help them defeat Vanish. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Dylan, the, the main guy, is fighting this weird, I don't know, cross between Spawn and Doc Ock character and defeats her, obviously. And then it ends with the big bad from... Uh, issue six is cover the guy that looks like something from uh, like a black metal album cover. <laughs> I forget his name now, but he comes down and is like, all right, like obviously I need to deal with this. So heading into, I believe the last issue, pretty good issue. I really liked it. It made a little more sense of the last issue, how we talked about, like it felt like Donnie writing himself and I still feel that way, but this kind of tied it all together story wise to make more sense. So I really enjoyed that. Action Comics number 1055. So the whole super crew in the first uh, story is fighting uh, these random cyborgs that Cyborg Superman's taking over. And meanwhile, uh, Superman goes back to the Fortress Solitude and finds the Eradicator and sends him on a mission to help them find where Cyborg Superman is, which leads to a big confrontation. Uh, and the whole time, like, Mentallo is helping them along the way because Cyborg Superman is holding Mentallo's sister. And then we find out that Mentallo's sister is working with Cyborg Superman the whole time. And that's kind of where that story ends. And then the the second story with the uh, Superman in the past, like, right after Death of Superman, uh, basically Superman and Lois find out what's going on, that... John's been taken to another planet and they need to go help him. It's essentially what happened. And then I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't read the steel story because the first story didn't do anything for me. So I skipped it, <laughs> but action comics recommend daredevil and echo. Number one, uh, 
this obviously teams up Daredevil and Echo. And like any good Daredevil story, it kind of it connects not only Daredevil with a crime that involves his Catholicism in some sort, but this also connects him to his past, like not his family's past. So we we also get little glimpses into the 1800s where a great great grandfather was also trying to solve a murder and it's somehow connected to a demon and uh, Daredevil and Echo end up in the same church and find this like weird demon thing has been killing people across the city and they need to deal with it. Actually pretty good. I was a little uh, hesitant on it, especially since I've never read anything taboo has done. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys from the black eyed peas, I guess. Oh, okay. Not really a band I follow, so I'm not, too familiar with them yeah but pretty good issue if you're a daredevil fan i think it fits in with daredevil stuff fury number one uh really good spy book i won't get too much into it but what i liked about it is the story ties into an old issue of nick fury from like the 70s that's cool so they do the story they reprint the issue it ties into as part of the story Oh, really? So you literally, like, you get the first half of the story, you read that mm-hmm. as, like, a flashback, and then you go back into the current Nick Fury story. That's cool. Um, and it's obviously going to lead into more stuff, but if you like spy comics, I think it's well worth your time. Speaking of spy comics, I've got 007 for country, King and Country, number nice. two. And it's just another good action comic, like... I love these 007 books that Dynamite's doing. This is Philip Kenny Johnson writing it, so you know it's oh, quality shit. stuff. Yeah, you know it's going to be good. Uh, and it's just a, a blast. It's basically like 007 is on his own with uh, an old mentor of his, mm-hmm. and they're fighting because this uh, this corporation is basically taking over England, Okay, and now all the other 00s are going after them. So it's a really cool story, and I, I, I'm really enjoying it. And then Thor number 34, which I believe is the second to last issue of this run. And uh, a lot fucking happens in this book. <laughs> because Doom shows up in the past, and then he fights Thanos, and that's when Thor shows up, and he has to save his sister, who's a sister I've never heard of before, but apparently she exists. And then his grandfather shows up, and he's doing stuff. Um, and then we find out it's not really his sister. It's actually, um, it's been Hela the whole time, but a Hela that's time displaced. So they go back into the past and they find Loki with a bunch of frost giants and stuff happens. I'm not sure, but it's really awesome. <laughs> awesome. I've become a really big Thor fan recently. And uh, while that's the most confusing issue of this run, mm-hmm. I still think it was really good. And then I read a manga this week. Oh, what'd you read? Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead. That sounds crazy. It's So it's a zombie comic, but it's got a twist to it where it's this guy who works this dull job and hates it and is treated like shit. And then the mm-hmm. zombie apocalypse happens. And he's <laughs> okay. the only person that's happy about it because he doesn't have to go to work the next day. Okay. So he creates a bucket list of 100 things he wants to do before he becomes a zombie. That's awesome. And some of them are as like mundane as like have a beer with my friend from college. Mm-hmm. And some are like bigger. And while it's a lot of fun, 
and it's a uh, a cool adventure and I like the lead character like so he <laughs> one of the things is this is typical manga stuff but one of the things is like confess my love to the girl I've been in love with for years yeah and when he goes there like she was with a dude and they both turn into zombies oh okay so the dude like comes after that's a zombie now comes after him he takes it down and he walks in the room confesses his love to this like rotting dying corpse of course who's uh, obviously tied up in like some bdsm sm shit and then walks away and is like well it sucks she's a zombie but at least i got to see her boobs and they're like blah 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 yeah classic (laughs) classic manga shit yeah yeah uh it's a ton of fun and like the last story where he meets up with his old friend and they both like, he finds out that he wasn't the only one that like hated his job. And mm-hmm. cause he thought he was the only one. He just had to like deal with it and all this. So I think it's a lot of fun. I'll probably continue it, but uh, other books are going to take priority over it. Cause it wasn't, it's not better than some of the other stuff I've read recently. Right. But uh, still a pretty good book. Would recommend it. So, Mike, that is everything I read this week. Where can people find you on the you internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? You can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter. You can find the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter. Also at FortressComicNews.com. As usual, everybody, five-star reviews on Podcatchers. Like, subscribe, share, comment down below on the YouTube version. And Patreon at Patreon.com slash Fortress Comics. Thank you all so much for watching and listening this week. See you all here next week. Good stuff.